Good to be with you. What's right with Sam and Ash? News Talk 840 KXNT. We've got Ash here behind the microphone, her trusty dachshund. Well, he just jumped off the chair, so he was he looked like he was part of the show there for a minute. It's great to be with you. Friends, um, I had an opportunity, Ash, just a few minutes ago to talk to a buddy of mine that lives in the Czech Republic, does a lot of business in Russia. And uh, was just kind of curious to see his his read, his temperature on this entire thing going on in the Ukraine. And he had an interesting take that was a, a little bit different than what I've been hearing here uh, in the media and in different sources on, on Twitter and elsewhere. Which is, it's not really about all the oligarchs that are getting the pinch put on them and their luxury yachts getting confiscated and whatnot. That this is... Uh, this is there's a broader problem the entire elite of the country is getting affected by this that you know every single person you know relatively wealthy person in russia that wants to travel abroad suddenly can't a couple of reasons one you know foreign currency reserves are frozen there is a limit on how many rubles which is the russian currency you can exchange for foreign currency um, and then also the other thing is is that their their name their brand is 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 screwed. I mean, you, anywhere you go in the world, people go, "Oh, you're from Russia." Mm. No, thank you. We don't want anything to do with you. And and so his take was, it's just a matter of time before this begins to weaken Putin's uh, grip on power. Uh, is, is, and again, it's not just about the 200 billionaires or so that are part of Putin's. You know the, the the larger part of Putin's inner circle, but it has to do essentially with nearly every well-to-do person who isn't totally buying into the Kool-Aid, who likes to travel internationally, who enjoys going to Dubai on vacation, enjoys going to France on vacation, enjoys traveling the world, has maybe a condo, a timeshare somewhere, you know, in France or whatnot, and and for them this has just become or is becoming, fast becoming an untenable situation. So when you say uh, Putin losing power, do you anticipate, or does your friend anticipate like an assassination attempt, or what are you? Th what is going to weaken his power? Yeah, um, bullet to the head. Uh, that's That was his, I don't know if he's joking, but he said it's just a matter matter of time before someone takes him out. Uh, and, and by the way, this is, and you know, you know the friend I'm talking about, a very sophisticated guy, uh, trades in energy, mm -hmm. does a lot of deals in Russia, you know, and has, has friends in, in one of the top petroleum and gas companies in Russia and, and does extensive business with them, but essentially his company billions of dollars a year. So I'm not talking to some schmuck, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to somebody who knows the players, has actually met Putin. You know, I, I know a handful of people who, who, who literally have met Putin, know Putin, and, and because the Czech Republic does a fair amount of business with, with Russia, or has, before all this madness broke out. Okay, so hypothetically, Putin does get a bullet to his head. Does he have a second-in-command that would continue the effort? I mean, you think about it here, if the United States is making some type of military effort abroad or anywhere, and Biden were to 
take a bullet to the head or be assassinated or be or just die of natural causes, you would assume that Kamala would step in and continue the effort and move forward. God help us. Yeah, Um, (laughs) because that's what would happen. She would. Well, we have a designated person who 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 steps in um, and we have a a tried and tested constitution for uh, for how that succession works within our government. The 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 Russian plan, let's let's backing up here a little bit. The former uh, president of Russia, I would say one of the one of the most uh, recognizable former uh, or, or politicians in Russia internationally uh, is Dmitry Medvedev. And Medvedev, uh, he currently um, he, he was he was a president. I think he was president in 2020. He came in very briefly in order to break up Putin's tenure and allow Putin to continue to be president. He was viewed as a placeholder president. I could see him being someone that the oligarchs uh, would want as their man in charge of the country. He is not Putin. He is well-versed in power. He's good at not needing to be the main man. So I think that the Russian power structure would like to look for someone who is strong enough to hold the country together, but not so strong that he, they, that, that person would then become a threat to these guys that, that, you know, that, that, that maybe played a hand in eliminating Putin, if that makes sense. So the, 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 the there, there is a, there's a, there is a structure there in place, but it, but that structure is going to be the minute Putin, were Putin to be eliminated, I'm not going to say the minute that Putin is eliminated, but were Putin to be eliminated, there is, there's suddenly an enormous vacuum. No one is going to allow his immediate deputy to fill that position. Nobody will allow another, you know, Putin-tainted uh, person to go in. But Medvedev has enough, I think, credibility, given that he's. He, he, he was there and then he stepped away from power that he is the kind of person that p- perhaps is malleable and susceptible to influence. Um, and, and that, I think, is what these 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 guys and, and gals are going to want. And so surely he would then back out of this Ukraine invasion and war and attack. Well, that would be the the absolute uh, expectation on the part of any kind of coup. And, and I, I've read a lot of uh, so th- I mean that would a- absolutely be it. The Im- the immediate the negotiation would no longer be with the Ukraine. The negotiation would be with Washington. Putin's gone. We want to now discuss the terms of our military campaign. We agree to withdraw our troops. We agree to pay a certain amount of reparations. We apologize, and in turn, we want you to immediately lift sanctions. And there would be a list of things and resume oil oil imports. Uh, I would imagine there would be a, a handful of things on there. And and by the way, those will be the things that they want the most. It, it will. They, they still may ask for certain missile systems to be removed from Eastern Bloc NATO uh, NATO states, but I, I think their primary focus will be on on having the you know, these these sanctions removed. So it'll be the restoration of Russia's financial stability rather than worrying about whether or not Ukraine gets into NATO is basically what you're saying. The negotiation would be trying to establish normalcy with Russian elites and oligarchs rather than really 
furthering Russia's intra, uh, entry into Ukraine, trying to take it over, etc. Yeah, there's a, 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 a think tank in, in Europe called Bellingcat, and they follow the – they've been following Russian politics and, and Russian military matters for quite a while. Uh, and I read an article in a Czech newspaper about this over the weekend uh, where Bellingcat had received some information from an existing – FSB officer. Now, the FSB is the successor agency to the KGB. Think of this as the kind of the, the CIA and the, and, the, and the FBI rolled into one because they operate internally. They operate inside of Russia, but they also operate on they, – they spy you know, externally of the country, internationally. Now, what was interesting about this is the FSB agent made it very, made it very clear in, in his assessment report that the the expectation inside of the agency right current i guess current as of a week and a half ago the current expectation inside russia inside the annals of government is that there will be no russian economy left by june that's the date wow by june it's done so now could that be overly grim is that pessimism is that this that, and the other from what I'm hearing, I, and again, I, I told you over lunch what I heard from my, my, my friend. I spoke to him a little bit earlier. That the, the, Just the, the understanding, the immense loss of wealth. Imagine suddenly, right? I mean, we're, we're all feeling the pain in our 401ks. Our, our, our investment accounts are not uh, doing as great as they were uh, three months ago. Got it. Understood. But imagine suddenly somebody nuking your accounts of 70 percent 80 percent of their value and the expectation is that they will whittle down to all but zero uh within within weeks if not months and that is something that i think a lot of people can find relatable and that now i now i'm going to ask you how how do how do you express your discontent right and and then i will add another component to it is for all the good people out there in russia that don't really care about it who live a very a very basic existence. They live in small towns. They live in villages and whatnot. And and they're far away from Moscow. And they're far away from St. Petersburg, any major city. Those people are experiencing incredible, uh, incredible rising prices. Right, inflation's through the roof. And the other component of it is, they know they're losing their sons and daughters. Uh, they're that that they're that they're lost touch with their their. The villages were the ones where the soldiers were coming from. Okay, soldiers are not coming from Moscow. They're not coming from St. Petersburg for the most part. Maybe a few officers. Uh, but the, the grunts of the Russian army, of the Z forces that are down in, in the southern part of Russia and that, that are part of this invasionary force into the Ukraine, uh, these are villagers. And these, these small towns and villages will be the ones that feel uh, the brunt of these losses. And, and that's something that no amount of propaganda can hide because every village, you know, there's 50 people in the village. They know who's missing. And they talk to, you know, so-and-so who have not been in touch with their daughter or their son or daughter for, for, for months, for, you know, for weeks on end. So they know something's up. Oh, it's it's just so sad. And I, I, I don't know how it ends. And do you anticipate, I know we've got to take a break here soon, but do you anticipate this leaving 
just a ground battle in becoming something that's maybe a cyber war, chemical war, nuclear or bioterror, anything like that? Or do you think it's Putin's just going to stay on the ground and, and try and slowly take it over? Yeah, Putin's going to slowly grind this out and he slowly likely will win. Uh, this is not a popular opinion, but but, you know, because we we're all rooting for the for the Ukrainians to come through. We want Ukraine to be an independent country and to ward off these invaders. But the fact of the matter is there's just an over it's a numbers game. Right. And it's an attrition game. And one thing we don't know, we we hear from the Ukrainian side, these large numbers, I think, as of this morning, 12,000, allegedly 12,000 Russian soldiers killed in action. Uh, that's a big number. We don't know what the Ukrainians have lost. And so what happens, likely what happens is that this grinds down into basically block-by-block block combat uh, where you have a population that is not welcoming people at all as, as liberators. They're seeing them as occupiers, and they're going to obstruct the invaders at every turn. So this is a drawn-out, bloody, horrible, meat-grinder conflict that kills both good guys and bad guys. And, and there's no sugarcoating it. It is going to be a tremendous humanitarian loss. And people are saying, well, of course, it already is that. Sure, it's going to be even worse. And the only thing that changes the course of this is Putin being incapacitated. Because he, unfortunately, where he is, and this is game theory, basic game theory, he's put everything on black, right? He's putting everything on this equation, his entire legitimacy as the commander-in-chief of the Russian Federation. It's all there. He's gone all in. And if it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't work out, he has, um, he, 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 his, it's not, he's not, he's not in a sustainable position. Because now he's weakened and he's in a, and, and Putin recognizes he's surrounded. It, it, Russia's a big country and there are a lot of people that would like to oust him. And all they've been looking for is a window, an opportunity of weakness. So if the question is, will Putin use uh, chemical warfare? Does he care about being a war criminal? Will he go, will he use thermo, the, you know, the thermo uh, bombs that, you know, the people have been talking about? Is he, is he going to wreak devastation upon the Ukraine? Absolutely. I have no doubt about that uh, coming up soon. Uh, on the flip side, do I see the, 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 this going to turning into a nuclear conflict? The, the end of the nuclear conflict is the full elimination of Putin and his family. Uh, and he has kids and he has people that he, that he cares about. So again, I don't see that as big of a threat as some people are saying. Uh, but that, you know, hopefully that's not just my wishful thinking. I know we got to take a quick break here. All right. That is the summary of that and the update on that. Now, speaking of Russia, there was a WNBA star that was on a Russian team and got detained at the airport. And people have been talking about this. Uh, we have our take on this when we come back. A very important thing because Ash will give you some wisdom about traveling internationally if you're thinking about it anytime soon or you will be doing it at, at any point in the future. You do not want to miss this. What's right with Sam and Ash? News Talk 840, KXNT. Sam and Ash Injury Law has been named the official injury attorneys of the Henderson Silver Knights. Sam and Ash Injury Law, they care, they help, you win. 702-820-1234 or salmonashlaw.com because you deserve what's right. 
back. You're listening to What's Right with Sam and Ash here on News Talk 840 KXNT coming to you loud and clear from our beautiful downtown Las Vegas office right here in the Arts District. Ash, we had a a good lunch today. We're going to have to ask John Curtis about it tomorrow when we're doing Food Friday with him. Uh, We expect to have him back here in the studio because I know he went to this place. There's a new hotel, English hotel that opened up just down the street from our office. It's kind of in an unusual spot because it's right on the outskirts of the Arts District in a in an area of town that uh, it's up and coming. You know, it's it's <laughs> it's there's still a lot of empty buildings and and it, it's it's definitely evolving toward uh, beautification, but it, it's not quite there yet. And there's an entrepreneur here in town that decided to go all in on building a low rise hotel. And then she struck a deal with Marriott to operate it as an English hotel, as in Todd English, the chef. And we ate lunch at the restaurant and it was spectacular. Yeah, so I do blame John Curtis for it. I had to, we had to walk through the ridiculous wind to get there, but it was worth it. It's called the Pepper Club, and the owner of the hotel was walking through the restaurant, and she came over and was talking to us. And I learned something new. Did you know where the name the Pepper Club came from? No, I didn't know that. I had no idea. So she told us how it was. Uh, it's named after Todd English's dog, Pepper. I guess they were going back and forth on what to call the restaurant. And he's sitting there with his dog and he's like, why not the pepper club, my dog? And so now Rocky's looking at me going, when do I get a restaurant? So, <laughs> well, with the, I, I think the funnier part of it is, is we're walking over. Ashley goes, well, I, I don't, I don't know if, if I can go in there. We got Rocky with us. We don't know if we can go inside. I'm like, please, come on. It's, it's downtown Vegas. We're very, we're very dog friendly here. And, then we find out that basically it's a fully dog-friendly restaurant, and they're going to do... They're discussing doing a dog brunch by Todd English. So can you imagine if you want to have, if your dog wants the bougiest brunch around, that will be it. So I'm curious to see when that menu launches. I'm, I'm sure Rocky's a little more curious than I am, but yeah, I mean, it's a really neat spot. It's cool. I, I remember when we were looking for our office space down here, we toured a different building and they were staging hotel rooms. Do you remember this? This was, this is over two years ago. Yeah, I do. And they were like, don't, you can't go over there. They're staging and testing hotel room design. So like, well, be it was respectful. this old abandoned warehouse. Mm-hmm. And inside it, they had a fully completed uh, model of a hotel room. But I'm talking with with power, with electrical, plumbing, and everything mm-hmm. set up, and the furniture inside the room. And we're looking at it, we're like, what is this? And you're like, you can't see it because this is for a hotel that's being built uh, across the street. And, and at that point, it was just a lot that they were bulldozing. Dirt. Yeah, so it was dirt. So it's actually it's a you, we're talking about how it's on the outskirts of the arts district in downtown. And it's kind of in this no man land zone. But I think that's part of COVID. COVID slowed down the development past down Main Street where Letty's is and that Greek restaurant. And so I think this is just a it's just a matter of time before this re- this hotel ends up actually in the heart of some really cool stuff. So I'm excited. Fantastic. Yeah, it was. And but the food is spectacular. It's got a it's a Japanese Mediterranean fusion, which sounds bizarre. But if you like Japanese food and you like Mediterranean food, you're going to love it. And 
uh, highly recommend. We'll talk about it with John uh, tomorrow. But here's what I wanted to mention and touch on, uh, because we we're just going over the Ukraine and, and Russia, and kind of what I, you know, some some thoughts on that as we follow that story. But Brittany Griner, who is the WNBA fan, uh, a player. Um, and we're out of time. We've got to hit a break now. But I want to get to this, Ash, when we come back because uh, it's very interesting what happened to her. She's been arrested in Russia. We will get to this when we come back. So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. What's Right with Sam and Ash? Back after this. Comfortable and confident is how Sam and Ash injury law clients feel after the very first call. Comfortable knowing they have decades of personal injury experience. Confident there's reputation and trust to resolve cases and to do what's right. Sam and Ash injury law offers platinum legal service to anyone who contacts them. Quality matters. Integrity matters. Who you hire to protect and represent you matters. If you've been hurt in an accident, choose Sam and Ash injury law. 702-820-1234 or SamandAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right right i am not ready to spring forward i don't know about you ash when is that this weekend no saturday to saturday to sunday night sunday morning no which is just terrible i hate i'm i'm good with falling back all the time i can fall back can we just fall back and then spring back too yeah but the spring forward where we lose an hour is just obscene and it takes me two weeks to recover from it. It's basically like being jet lagged for, uh, for uh, without even traveling, without having a cool story or getting any freaking flyer miles. All right, welcome back. Uh, you're listening to What's Right with Sam and Ash, News Talk 840 KXNT. And all right, I know we've got, do we have any news yet? It's breaking news on Jesse Smollett. No breaking news. They The judge denied their motion for a new trial, and right now they're going through mitigating witnesses and letters, so the defense is talking about how he should be sentenced. In case the audience uh, listeners don't remember, Jesse Smollett is the um, actor, uh, I think most notable for his role on... Empire. Thank you. That show, which I never watched. I didn't either. And But apparently, fairly well-known, a show popular among some, and then he raced a fa- uh, uh, raced. He raced a fake attack. He faked a race attack <laughs> on himself uh, with the help of two brothers. Uh, this was when Donald Trump was still president, uh, and we had competent foreign policy. Just kidding. Um, uh, Donald Trump was president. Of course, this was a time when uh, you know things red hats red were red hats were considered to be racial apparel, and so the 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 perpetrators allegedly attacked him wearing MAGA hats, shouting racial slogans, tied a noose around his neck. Homophobic slurs. Homophobic slurs. All of it was a fake. He's convicted of faking it all. And it's despicable, frankly, right? Because it takes away from certainly legitimate claims of racial violence. So so this, just, this, this guy deserves to have a book thrown at him. We're following this uh, any minute now. We will have a uh, uh maybe maybe a verdict uh, a sentencing uh, sentence uh, yeah thrown down by the judge just during the break there one of the defenses was on the last second to last letter so who knows it could be a while we might not get it in our show but ah all right well somebody who may be also stuck for a while uh, is of course uh the young uh lady that uh, plays for the wnba uh her name is 
Brittany Griner. Now, she was on her way back before all the sanctions came into place, but on her way back from Russia where she was playing on a, a team in the offseason and was arrested at Moscow's International Airport for having a vape pen. And the authorities there are claiming that the vape pen had some hash oil in it, which is a, a banned substance in the Russian Federation. And so they've quickly they've quickly arrested her. Now we were we were talking about this earlier in our week, Ash, and it reminded me of a story a friend of mine told me from Europe, where he and his father-in-law went on a hunting trip to Russia. And when they were coming back, this is quite a little while ago, so this is before the Ukrainian war, but they're coming back from Russia. They're they're flying through uh, out of the airport in in uh, Moscow, and. My friend's father-in-law happened to have, because it was a hunting trip, one unspent cartridge, so a bullet. Like a shotgun shell? Or no, just Uh, a bullet? It would have been a rifle. Oh, okay. A rifle shell. So we're talking, you know, a big, one of those big, long, mean-looking bullets. Well, happened to have it in his pocket, in his coat. The coat goes through the x-ray. Beep, 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 right? And they they pull him aside. Sir, excuse me, this is a, you know... And, and, and it, I mean, if you're going with a bullet through, I don't actually know. I, I, a gun, obviously, they're going to detain you. If you happen to have one round of ammo that's actually in your pocket, I think TSA is going to have you throw it out and call it good. But here, this was an opportunity. So they pull, these guards pull this old man out of the line, and they threaten to throw him into jail. And my friend has to begin to negotiate with them. You know, this is an old man. You know, he's not doing well. He's got health problems. And in the end, a solution is reached. And the solution is that they pay an enormous bribe to the guards. And so I asked my friend back then when it, when it was hap- when after it happened, I said, well, how much was this uh, bribe that was paid? And my friend answers, it like small car. <laughs> and ever since then, Ash and I, by the way, whenever we're, we, you know, there's a big bill or something come due and, we're like, talking about it. I go, how much was it? And Ash will say, it like small car. <laughs> and it's become a, a, a unit of measurement, right? This is how you, you know, it, it, a small car bribe is what you'll need to get out of jail in Russia. Well, not so fast because now this gal has become a pawn in this geopolitical struggle for survival on the part of Putin and his henchmen. So she's going to be in jail for the foreseeable future. But Ash, you have a great point on this, uh, having to do with a little bit of the, of the naivete that Americans have when they travel abroad. Yeah, I mean, you were mentioning this story and with your friend and how he was quick thinking. He knew how to handle the situation and money solves it. So why didn't Brittany Griner, who makes money, think like this? And the reason is, is because here in America, we're entitled to this lovely right of due process, meaning we get to go before a judge, we get to hear the charges, we get to argue our case. We have all of these guaranteed rights that we're so comfortable having, but we don't realize when we go abroad, you don't have those same guarantees. You don't have those same rights and expectations. They get to be very vague about why they're detaining you, when your next hearing date's going to be, what you're going to get fed, who you can talk to. So my advice to everyone is when you travel abroad, you really do have to be aware of your surroundings, of the government and of the the 
the justice system you're going into and you have to act accordingly. You don't get to have, take the same liberties you do here and go, oh, I'll get my day in court because you won't. You this, won't. This is where everyone's BS about how terrible and awful our country is hits the road, right? Or hits the, where the rubber meets the road on it. And what I mean by that is everyone has their mouth full of how despicable, racist, unlawful our country is. But when they travel, they think they can act with the same, I don't want to say impunity, but this, by the way, this happens. Look, this is a vape pen. I don't know what was in it. I, whatever it is, it certainly wouldn't have been a big deal going through TSA scanners here in the U.S., right? But I'm talking about even things like speech. You know, you can't go around yelling Nazi in Germany. Uh, the Nazi party is is disallowed by law. You can't have certain – I mean, think about this. A country that you look at as a Western country – Nazis are bad. We don't like Nazis. I get that. I understand that. But, you know, in this country, you're free to actually believe whatever you want to believe. You're free to say whatever you would like to say. If you want to write uh, a tweet, F the police, you can do that. If you want to write a tweet supporting gay rights, you can do that. If you travel to Russia, guess what? If they find tweets supporting gay rights on your phone, they can arrest you for that. And other countries, other countries that you'd be surprised that seem fairly benign. And, and, and by the way, you know, even, even on the drug side, you, you, you travel into Taiwan, into Taipei, uh, where else have I noticed this? Um, Korea. You, you get off the plane and you've got a giant big A money money sign in front of your eyes saying, Drug smuggling is punishable by death. By death. And they take frequently Americans get arrested for mule and drugs and and they're on death row and they, they, they don't they don't get around about this stuff. Yeah. And I just I remember when I studied abroad, it was so it took about two countries with different government systems for kids to really understand. We were all 21 year olds and, you know, they would get held up going through security because they thought they could smuggle their alcohol through. And and just, so absolutely this Brittany Griner, I'm hoping we can negotiate a deal. I just don't see it happening. And there's two Americans who were previously detained and sentenced and are now in prison for things that they absolutely did not do. They just that's dealing with a different justice system. And she's about twice as tall as Vladimir Putin. The largest pawn in any geopolitical game one she's could find. She's six foot nine. Yeah. And I, I'm f fairly confident Putin's got to be about three, five, right? No, I'm kidding. Um, no, he, he's, he's five, five, six, five, eight. So I, I know that I put up on Twitter recently uh, on my Twitter at What's Right Sam a photograph of Putin with a very tall oligarch who stand up stood about six eight, and Putin literally looks like a midget next to him. So don't expect any uh, captivity side by side photographs of Brittany Griner with Putin. He will not allow that to happen. Uh, but uh, sad, you know, sad story. She went to Russia. She was making a lot of money over there. My understanding is about a million dollars per off season. Probably. I mean, the WNBA doesn't pay enough, so a lot of these big stars have to go abroad. But, hey, interesting enough, you were talking about the ability to tweet out hateful message or anti-police things, anti-government. Didn't you read the story in the RJ where 
here in Las Vegas, the sidewalk chalkers were deemed they're allowed to sue the police officer for their unlawful arrest? I did. So sidewalk chalkers were outside of the police station, I believe. I didn't get to see the full story, but they were writing anti-police messages on the sidewalk and the off an officer came out and arrested them and their argument is look there were other people who, who uses sidewalk chalk anyways anymore my kids but, yeah but who, <laughs> there were other groups that had done similar things previously that weren't anti-police and they weren't arrested so now look you can go out in front of any government agency and write an anti-government message and the, our country will let you sue them if they arrest you Right, and this was decided in federal court because what the minute that you have a government um, that is making a content-based restriction of speech, that gets the highest level of scrutiny under our Constitution. So this was the, the correct decision. Uh, Judge Clifford Wallace of the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, ruled that the uh, Metropolitan Police Department violated First Amendment rights. Of these people yeah i i love it but don't expect that kind of protection for you when you visit other countries around the world all right quick time out quick break and we'll be back you're listening to what's right with sam and ash news talk 840 kxnt what's right with sam and ash here on news talk 840 KXNT. Great to be with you this afternoon as we are every weekday, 2 to 3 p.m. right here on this station. Uh, yeah, so before we wrap up today's show, we always at the end do this thing called Sammy on the spot. I don't know why I'm the one introducing it because like I have to introduce me getting put on the spot. But it's where Ash finds something to you know, spring on me that gets me, you know, supposedly gets me, uh, I don't know, tongue, what, what's your objective with this, by the way? Just to get your hot take. You know, you get to prep. You don't, I, for most stories, I don't, I want to get your off the cuff response. So it's less prepared. Yeah. And, and by the way, folks, she does not share any of this with me. Well, that would defeat the purpose. Right. No, but I, it's not, I, I know, but some, look, a lot of radio is kind of, don't tell me things are faked on fake. the radio. They're don't, fake. don't. They're fake. Uh, but, but this, <laughs> this is real, uh, and and she really doesn't tell me ahead of time. Okay, so do you, are you ready? Yeah. When I say Hidden Valley, what do you think of? Uh, dressing, like ranch dressing. Uh -huh. Okay. Well, <laughs> here's the headline: Hidden Valley unveils two carat lab-grown sparkler made out of ranch seasoning as it puts the unique rock up for auction. So the Hidden Valley Ranch, which is an actual ranch, had a lab-grown diamond made out of its beloved seasoning for National Ranch Day, which is today. Today's National, National Ranch Day. And uh, yeah, a geologist heated the seasoning to 2,500 degrees Celsius. I don't know what that means in Fahrenheit. Uh, crushed uh the resulting graphite under 400 tons of pressure and after five months it created a diamond that was shaped into a brilliant cut two carat stone that is now set in white gold does it taste like ranch <laughs> that is literally the million dollar question <laughs> wait how much is it going for it's being auctioned off with all proceeds benefiting feed america feeding america so you can bid on it now through march 17th 
What's a two carat diamond worth? I, I have no idea. Uh, early high bid is clocking at $2,575. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I bet it's worth a bit more than that. But lab grown, right? Lab grown diamonds. So it, you, what do you say to people? Oh, pretty ring. It's ranch. And you're like, oh, it's actually made out of ranch dressing in a lab. I think it's kind of cool. By the way, cool. 2,500 degrees Celsius is hot. It's very hot. Um, for the record, it's about like, <laughs> it's like a really hot summer day in Las Vegas. Maybe a little bit hotter. So the ring is engraved with HVR, LVR, for Hidden Valley Ranch Lover. I love this story so much. I literally am not putting you on the spot. I just want the people to know this is well, a story. I think Ash just put herself on the spot. I'm along for the ride. Uh, I I mean, I think it's, by the way, it's a, raising money for charity is tough. I know this. I've, you know, you, I've, I've chaired a lot of charity events in my day. It's tough to do. And so you got to think of uh, constantly of, of creative ways of how to raise money. And I think the best thing about the story is that it's in the news and we're talking about it because it's odd. And so I think that they've already won. I think they've already done what they set out to do is to get attention, notice drawn to this particular event. Yeah, and if you're if you're listening and you want this, you know you have a friend, a family member, a loved one who is a huge fan of ranch dressing. Uh, you go to theranchdiamond.com and it will forward you to the eBay listing where the current bid right now is at Sam Guess. There, that you'll be on the spot. It started at 2500 Where do you think it is now? And there's still six days left. Five grand. $10,950. Holy smoke. I'm going to Google what a two, what is this, a two carat diamond? I'm just curious, just what a, you know, what does it cost? Oh, well, okay, I see. Depends on the color. I see one here for 17000 I see one here. Oh. So the clarity, if you want to know this ranch yeah. clarity grade. Yeah, what's the clarity on it? VVS1. Is that good? Very, very slightly included, I guess, is what it is. Well, I'm looking at an A emerald color cut graded two, G. two carat diamond. At twenty three thousand, twenty nine. That's all right. So it's still a that's that's a big diamond. Apparently, I I'm not a clearly not in my wheelhouse. All right. Well, I again, I think it's I think it's a brilliant marketing strategy for raising money for charity, and and I think if it gives somebody, would you want a diamond that was made out of ranch dressing? Only if it tasted like ranch, right? <laughs> right. You'd be like. Oh, I think if there's um, a place to ask questions, I might ask that. But then you know you're getting a diamond that's been licked because someone had to test it. Oh, yeah, no, thank you. Oh, yeah, so here I'm saying the average cost of a round two carat VVS1 diamond with an H color is 23000 Uh That's a lot. This is a G color. H, G. Well, that G would be Do your worse. kids like ranch or are they ketchup fans like you? No, they like their vin vinaigrette dressing or Italian, more Italian than ranch. They don't use ranch to dip anything? Yeah, like, yeah, sure. But it's, we don't really keep, I don't think we keep it at the house, to be honest. You don't have you. ranch in your house? No. Are you an American? No. Wow. I told you this. Um, so sorry. But I keep sauerkraut at the house. So there's, you know, there's that. I think you're, I need to talk to your kids. 
They don't well, they need ranch. to come over to your place, and then you can feed them, you know, wholesome American food. Yeah, I mean, a chicken nugget with ranch or maybe occasionally like a, a pizza. Come on. French fries? Switching gears here for a minute from attacking my culture. Uh, United Airlines is bringing back unvaccinated workers. Are you surprised by this? No. I was talking about this. We were talking about this the other day with a kid who a parent who was worried about his unvaccinated child not being allowed into an L.A. County school. And I said, I anticipate this vaccination thing totally disappearing, that no one's going to care. Just give it time. COVID is, for the most part, all those restrictions and requirements are done. It was a joke. This the, the airlines were suffering. And the reason that they're getting rid of this isn't because COVID's going away necessarily. They're just running out of people. They need people. They need bodies to fill positions, and they're they're struggling. And we saw a wave of flights getting canceled. So, anyway, it's yet another acknowledgement. I think that this this whole boondoggle was was ill fated. Well, yeah, and we we were hearing stories of the European airline workers who were unvaccinated were allowed to come over and work. Yes. And so you're like, well, this is just pointless. An American <laughs> who's unvaccinated can't be on a, a United flight, but a European a European unvaccinated airline flight attendant could so a charade whether or not they ate ranch dressing okay on that note what's right with sam and ash another hour in the can you want to follow up and listen to any portion of this show or past shows apple Podcasts or spotify what's right show with sam and ash and that's where you'll find us we will see you tomorrow have a great day